This is an avocado, and this is a podcast that makes this an avocado podcast. You are now listening to The Young God, a podcast for the gods. The pressures of being the first little child is, is enormous. But then I would always say God will never give us you know, something more than we can carry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he would always tell me, focus on your studies. Two years or three years or five years is not a long time. Mm. Focus on this, mm. you know, do a professional course, mm. come out with a first class or whatever. Mm. So your life is set up and all of those. Mm. So it was, it was huge pressure mm. growing up. It always kept repeating in my head. Mm. Uh, I think it was just God, you know, that gave me the, the strength in my mind to be able to have reason above that that it didn't affect me. Because you can imagine always being told, oh, these are the people you're competing against. Yeah. These are, why are you not doing this? Why are you doing that? You're expected to do this and all that. Yeah. And that's not who I am. So those are the things he kept saying to me. And I mean, it doesn't matter these days anymore. Yeah. Hello everyone. My name is Rodney and this is The Young Good. You are welcome. Thank you for tuning in. And this episode, my guest and I will be having a conversation on a topic that is simply not in the public discourse. The pressures and perks of the firstborn son. Not just any firstborn, the evil firstborn son. None is under more scrutiny, more expectation, more responsibility than he. And that's a fact. And I wonder why we never talk about this. Like, this is not a conversation that we have, and we should. When we talk about patriarchy, when we talk about toxic masculinity, the firstborn son is deeply embedded in that. So I wonder why that never comes up. But not today. We're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna break that table today. My guest joining me to unpack this truth is one of the most intelligent, unassuming, and stylish gentlemen you will ever meet. He's an entrepreneur and he's also a firstborn son from Iboland. Guys, I present to you Kaina Enechibike, the CEO of Roy Corpus BDS. This episode is where you will hear, for the first time ever, two Igbo first sons speak on their experiences, their trauma, and the perks of the position. We talked about the lessons our fathers taught us and how toxic masculinity plays a role in all of this. We talked about our privilege and acknowledged it. You know, we talked about how our mothers uh, were affected, how our sisters were affected. We also touched on what we would do differently when we become fathers. I really just enjoyed speaking and hearing Kaina Ne break down his, his, his experiences. He's extremely wise, soft-spoken, and he's not your typical first son. Neither am I, which is why this episode is so perfect. We both thrived off defying our fathers and trailing our own paths. And that's what this is about in the end, this episode. It's about not letting the circumstances of our births define our lives, being better than our fathers in ways that aren't just financial. This is a one-of-a-kind conversation and I really do hope you learn from it and you enjoy it. Let's start the show. We just hit record and we're live. My man, it's good to have you on. Good to have you. Um, please, uh, I know you as Roy, but please tell the people who you are. Um, so my name is Kaine. I'm number, from Anambra State. I'm Igbo. Yeah. Kaine means Kaine and Echuku. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the long form. Mm. Second name, Chibike, Oroi mm. is just a, a name which I chose to build like a personal brand, sort of, yeah. to be known as that yeah. around here. That means you understand well, why the young god is the young god. Yeah, I yeah. do. That's the same idea. Just pick something that you feel you connect to yeah. and just make it a part of your identity. Name that sticks. That sticks and makes, like, I think the, the good thing about picking a nice name is that it gets, it starts conversations. Because mm-hmm. they're gonna ask, what does it mean? What does it mean? And from there, you just tell your whole fucking story. Exactly. You know. You know. So I feel like um, what we're doing is is spot on. Certainly. Man. It's over time. Over exactly over time. You know, very very soon you you insist it is raw, not raw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but for now, let's build the the brand equity. Huh? Yeah, for now. So tell us about what you do, man. Like, so I am a serial entrepreneur. And I have been as far back as 2009, actually. Mm. So I graduated from university in 2010. Mm. I studied accounting. Yeah. Um, um, UNEC. Okay. I served in 2012, eventually. Mm. But before that, I had run a series of businesses um, in the East, in Calabar, in Lagos, mm. most of which have shut down anyway. Okay. <laughs> All part of why we're here today. Okay. Um, yeah, but right now, I'm majorly um, into building brands, like you said, yeah. um, under the platform of Corpus BDS, Corpus Business Development Service Limited. Okay. We're nearly three years old now. Okay. We have um, engaged with top brands, not just in Nigeria, but around the world as well. Yeah. We've managed to convey the... Um, global Entrepreneurship Week for like two years now, mm. running. I spoke at that. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's, that's true. And um, outside of that, I'm huge on interior decoration and construction in general because I worked in construction industry for about two years as well yeah. after my graduation. Mm. And then a ton of other things, really. Um, forex trading. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on the side... And then um, we run a concierge company as well. Mm. Yeah, those are the things I'm really involved with at this point. Guys, you guys can't see him, but I can see him. <laughs> First of all, let me paint you a picture. I'd like to do this for my, for my audience. Yeah. Let them know exactly what is in front of me. Set the scene. So, um, Kainene is sitting across from me. He's wearing a, um, a dark, I, I don't want to say green. It's somewhere between green and blue. Uh, but it's a dark shade of green or blue. Um, it's a kaftan. It has a nice pen in the pocket, golden. Uh, I think it's Mont Blanc. Yeah, Mont Blanc. Yeah. It's a, a man <laughs> of class. Rouleon, gold, cufflinks, gold, shoes, cream. Like, this guy is uh, he's, he's, he's looking very, 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 very um, Thank you. selective in front of me right now. And uh, we're in the Vintage Cafe. We're sitting in their cigar lounge. And um, it's just he and I. We're trying to, like, give you guys some some value so please mm-hmm. uh roy thank you for joining me thank you for having me you're welcome to the young god a podcast for gods and guys listening i just want to let you guys know that this is my first time with kind of in, in the same room like mm-hmm. this having a conversation we've yeah. never like done this before never and but we knew we wanted to have this conversation about you know being um the first sons mm. i think it was a post on your story mm-hmm. that you made and he just sparked all kinds of things. You know, and the thing is, I've been, I've been eyeing you, I've been thinking, how, what would I want to, you know, 
get mm. you know um, Roy on, mm. but I didn't know what it was. I didn't. I didn't even think he would even be interested. You know, you have this. If you see him, he has this this very stoic, you know, <laughs> um, appearance. He's a cool cool dude, but he has a very very stoic appearance. Like his face doesn't show, doesn't give too much away. Yeah, and you, you know what I mean, I right? Know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm <laughs> not. Noticed. I'm not in person. I'm not the same person that you see on Instagram. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, I can be a really silly dude. Yeah. In person. <laughs> I'm seeing I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it, you, you know. know. So the topic for today, I'm glad you mentioned at first that you're from Anambra State. Yes. Same as I. Great. Evil man, evil man right here. <laughs> and um we're here to discuss a very under discussed topic. The myth and the legend of the of the firstborn son. And not just any firstborn son. Because there's levels to being a firstborn. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. being a firstborn in the States is different from being a firstborn in Nigeria. Being a firstborn in Yoruba land is different from being a firstborn in Igbo land. I'm about Certainly. to break that down. Yeah. So, man, please, I don't even know where to start. Like, um, let's see. Like, first of all, the pressures and the perks. Let's start from there. Like, what, what have you experienced? Hmm. I believe there are individual differences when it comes to um, um, being a parent to the first male child in every household. Mm. And my father, in his own special way, you know, wasn't the easiest to, <laughs> to have grown under. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a lot of pressure, to be honest. It was as if I had to become an adult from a real long, um, young, young age. Mm. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm really enjoying the advantages that I must have gained from those yeah. hard times as I would label them at the time. Yeah. Because he was so meticulous. You know, mm. My father is the kind of person that growing up in such a huge compound with over eight rooms. Mm. And he would walk around the compound and if he sees even as little as a, a nylon bag mm-hmm. sticking out from the, from the ground, you just hear my name. Yeah. You know? He shouts my name, oh, why is this here? Why is this there? So yeah. it just turned me into this beast of, a, you know, some people would say maybe I'm being overly too clean and all of that. Just don't feel comfortable being around me because I notice every little thing. Mm. Yeah, it's not that bad anyway. Mm. But yeah, he raised me to be a man that is well detailed, mm. I must say. Mm. So yeah. And, you know, doing a lot of work, Growing up, even though I had, we had house helps and all of that, you felt like, yo, I'm, am I the only one in this house? Yeah. You know, from the littlest things to the biggest things, and it was crazy, yo. To imagine. a point where I even asked myself, am I really your son? <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. But we thank God for all of that, and we're here right now, and I mean, it's made us who we are today. Bro, bro, I mean, I can relate. My dad is also very meticulous. I don't know what it is about them, like, what did they experience as as young men? Mm. And I feel like eventually, I mean, I, I have this conversation with my dad sometimes, and you know, we talk about Biafra, we talk about you know coming from poverty. Mm. You know, mm. they they saw the grind yep. when the grind was the grind. You know, and um, I think for them, they don't want to go back to a place where, like, they want their sons to carry on, like they want their sons to be better than them, whatever mm. that means. And mm. I think. For them, being better means mostly just maybe wealthier. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like, 
I made a certain amount of money. I want you to make more than that. To do more. You know, but then now at the stage that we're in, I think we can see that there's even more ways to be better in, th- in that our fathers are very flawed men. Yeah. Very, very flawed. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they've given us like this hurdle to, cr- to climb in terms mm-hmm. of being better than them, both emotionally and financially. Mm. Just like you, my dad was very meticulous about my clothes, you know, making sure that... Hairstyle. Ha- hairstyle. Oh, my God. Hairstyle. <laughs> you know, yeah. he taught me how to press my clothes. Uh-huh. You know, taught me how to... Um, even how to spray perfume. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like to, to be the right proper. Spots. The, right, the right spots, man. It's like <laughs> You know, but um, I think towards, after university, I became a bit more, you know what, I've always been rebellious. I've always been, I never used to hear a word. I don't I, know about I'd you. I'd say that about me as well. Exactly. I don't know why. that bad. child, they would say to other kids, stay away from this guy. Yes. <laughs> yes. The one that um, my dad would look at me, look at himself, look at my mom, like, none of us are like this. Why are you like this? You know that kind of stuff? Yeah. You know? So um, it was it was actually tough, and growing up, you know, the eldest one, the main thing is they will use you to compare with, with, with the younger ones. Yep. What, what was that like for you? So I mean, now that I'm a lot older, and I think back on those days, I think what it was really is every parent, nobody comes to this world with a with a manual on how to train a child yeah. or how to raise their own family. Yeah. You just really really see yourself in it, and you have to do what you feel is best. Mm. And you know something else. Like you said, talking to you about the Biafran War and all of those things, mm. I believe that somehow those times influenced who they grew up to be, yeah. right? It kind of caged them to a point where perhaps they were being overly too careful in trying to um, influence our lives, yeah. how best they feel yeah. you know, we should go. And... Um, that kind of stretched into my father wanting me to... <clears throat> almost carry on with what he was doing already. Yeah. You know, mm. that's when I worked in the construction industry, even though I graduated as, a, as an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that gave me a wealth of wisdom as well because I'm earning from it right now. For sure. In the bigger city. Yeah. <laughs> so, For sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I would say that at the time, all they were doing then certainly was for our own good mm. to the best of their knowledge. Uh, but then, to me, I really feel like it was a big Cajun. Yeah. Right, I feel like I should. Um, I don't know how many fathers will who might be listening to this, but it'd, <laughs> it'd, it'd be nice if you try to guide mm. and just subtly try to influence, but not necessarily try to impose. Impose, yes. You know, on a, a first male child's life. Yeah. You know, because you might as well just take him off the path he should be originally mm-hmm. and put him onto something that it's not even who he is. And, you know, talking about seeing us as the, as the you know, the rebellious kids and all that, thinking about it now, I don't remember having done anything over, over the top. Mm-hmm. I don't remember selling my father's car mm-hmm. or, or stealing or, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm wondering. Like, just oh, trying to be yourself. Yeah, just trying to be myself, mm-hmm. you know. And the, the best ones, the special ones are really those ones, you know, the hear world. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I've come to notice. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah. you can't keep taking orders and, you know, all the time we'll do this, to do that. You're just going to miss out on being who you are meant to be. Bro, I think... Um that that was the eternal battle. Like, how do you balance 
your responsibility to your family, mm-hmm. to your to your family name, you know, and then your own responsibility to yourself. yourself. Like it was such a problem because um, uh, I think for me, I, I when I served, so I studied international relations and journalism, uh-huh. and I did that because my dad is a diplomat, mm-hmm. where well, was a diplomat, and naturally, like he would like me to you know do what he did, like yeah. he was damn good at it. So you can imagine, like mm-hmm. he, you know, he wants he thinks it's in the genes, you know, yeah, and it is because I'm extremely diplomatic and good at you know managing situations, but. Uh, when I finished, so when I did my service here, I was uh, posted, I did my PPE at the villa during oh, wow. Jonathan's time. Mm-hmm. So he was expecting that I would, you know, be retained and stay there. Mm-hmm. And then imagine after everything was done, I come home and I tell him that I'm not staying there. I'm going to carry a camera. Must have been really disappointing. He was, <laughs> he was, you know, because next thing is, how my son? Everything I've achieved, especially when you think of being, you know, I think they hold a lot of weight in their hometowns. Mm. You know, like my dad is a is an incredible personality yeah. where he comes from. So he's even thinking about that. How would they perceive, you know, me being who I am and my, my first son, mm-hmm. my Diopala, is carrying is camera, done? photographer, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So it, it just didn't make sense, but I had to impose that. I had to like, because I knew that if I, if I went to civil service, I'll be different. Yeah. Like I cannot be who I am right mm-hmm. now and be in civil service. I'll have to be a bit more um, intense, mm-hmm. you know, a bit more diabolical. Because, you know, it brings out parts of you. True. That True. Because <laughs> Nigeria. Civil service, public mm-hmm. service, a lot of diabolism yeah. you know, in there. You know, I'll probably be married by now. You know, all these things to meet up with the, with the social expectations. expectations yeah. And I didn't want that. Bruh. Anybody who's going through that right now, my heart goes out to them. I feel, feel sorry for them. You know, but um, but then aside the pressure, let's talk about the perks now. Okay. Yeah. So tell me, what is it? Because mm. I know it's some things to look forward to. Yeah. So the perks um, are enormous, yeah. to be honest. Um, like I said at the time, it may not have seemed like there was any. Mm. Matter of fact, I had to quit my job at his and mm. just you know ran off. Mm. Mind you, before I got the job, it's not like I didn't have anything I was doing. I, I already had a, a boutique in Oka. Mm. I was already um, doing wallpapers. Oh, I mean, yeah? Yeah. Um, this was way back in 2011. Yeah. So by the time I left the job, I took up the job because... I was under pressure from him and family, friends, and relatives. Oh, your mm. dad wants you to do this. How about just go in there, see what happens? Mm. So, um, rebelliously, I decided to, okay, just for the sake of you guys, do this. But then I gained knowledge, and today it's helping me so much, right? I can't even uh, overestimate how much it's mm. helped me. You know, having to start a building from scratch and finish it, mm. having to be trusted with um, the acquisition of building materials from high-end ones to the smallest ones, um, to manage staff at such a young age, mm. you know, to manage uh, uh, sites mm. at such a young age. So it really made me so responsible to a point where um, in, in my businesses to come after I left, you know, it's been different. I've, uh, I've done things differently. I've mm-hmm. been such a, a better um, um, manager when it comes to managing people, mm-hmm. you know, and all of that. 
And then something else is um, in a world which is now different from theirs, because at their time, he would tell me that, you know, when you finish from school, you have companies, you know, rushing to school to see the best people, to pick them up with cars and all of those. Mm -hmm. It's such a different time right now. Mm. Um, there are not enough jobs for the number of students who come out from the university every other day. Oh, yeah. And even the quality of education has dropped so much these oh, days. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I'm believing that the only hope we have in Nigeria, if not Africa as, as a whole, is entrepreneurship. I can't say this enough. Yeah. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm not saying people shouldn't go to school, mm. right? But um, um, in times like this, I believe that those tough times I went through in science has brought me to be a stronger person, yeah. to never give up, yeah. even when things are not looking up right. Yeah. You know? Because I saw him go through certain struggles, I was mm -hmm. there with him, the resilience, you know, you can't pick that up from school. Yes. You can't pick that up from reading a ton of books. Yes. You know, you have to like pick that up from experiencing it right there and there in the field mm -hmm. with a very shrewd person mm. managing, you know, your life at, at whatever point that was. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Also, the fact that um, everything comes to you first, uh -huh. you know, in terms of like, I mean, obviously, no one is, you and I, I can tell, we're not like expecting, you know, like waiting for some amazing inheritance that's going to change our yeah. lives. But obviously, when that comes, you know, that'd be like, oh shit, something has come out of all this for yeah. some wahala, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Then there's also like, I mean, I know our sisters might hate it, but the kind of like elevation we get has been... The, the men in the house. Mm. You know, it feels nice. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to lie that um, when my mother dotes on me, especially, it doesn't feel good. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But when my sisters are like all over me for some reason, like it's, it's nice. Mm. So I think, um, you know, that also like helps you grow in terms of knowing that you also have to like earn yeah. this adoration they give you or this mm -hmm. respect they give you. Yeah. You can't just be an anyhow kind of guy sure. for them to... So that sure. grows you up. You know, or like being the last born. If you're the last born, you take... A whole you lot care about nothing. You care about nothing, you know, nothing is at stake, mm -hmm. you know. And then the fact that I remember, like, then the little lessons that our dads would give us, you know, the little piece of advice. For example, I remember how, you know, my dad would say to me something like, um, uh, as long as there's life, there's hope. You know, some mm. things like that. To let you know that, that you're never down and out. As long mm -hmm. as you're alive, there's a chance for things to change. Yeah. And that has stuck with me. And like the resilience, I've seen my dad go through. You know things. Same here. I've seen yeah. my dad cry. Yeah. In front of me. Oh like, yeah. When I was in secondary school, you know, I think there was a point where his trusted um, directors, yeah, at his company, kind of pulled away oh. and took some of, most of the clients. You know, oh, it was such a trying sad. time at the time. Um, you know, I, I was in secondary school then. Imagine me sitting right by his bedside and listening mm. to all of that and watching my dad cry. And it's even to the point of saying, you know, he's not sure in the coming years, like siblings and all of that, the schools we were in at the time, mm. if he could keep up with it and all of that. But I watched him still stay true to who he was and how he was the standards that he had already set for mm. his family mm. and rose above all those shrine times and even got better, mm. you know? Watched him literally get better financially and in every other way. Mm. 
you might think about it. And he's a very trusting guy. You know, that's why that kind of can happen to him. Mm. And obviously, I, I learned from it. And these days, for all the businesses I have in partnership with people, you know, directors and all of that, mm. that always has stuck in my head to make sure I'm not caught up in that kind of situation. Yeah. You know. Bro, <laughs> it's like we're living similar <laughs> life. Betrayal that yes. these guys have seen. Yeah. Yo. He even his father before him. Oh yeah. His partner duped him to a point he never recovered. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, he might be feeling man, this is a generational curse or some shit like nah, that. Nah, it's not a curse. I think yeah. I think it had to happen for us to, to be where we are today and make sure it doesn't happen. We, stop, we must stop it here. We must stop it here. Yes, <laughs> yes, <now. laughs> Never again. Yo, man. The treachery that these guys have seen, I can't, I can't like it's and who says that men don't cry? Ah, who says? I, I don't know where, where <laughs> women get this story that men don't cry or that we don't we feel do. emotion, man. Mm. We're not crying in front of you. Maybe yeah. because you don't want, or maybe you're not even like the kind of person would cry in front yeah, of you. Yeah, exactly. But there's somebody that, that will see us cry for Certainly. sure. Certainly. Certainly. Sometimes you just want to let go mm. and talk to someone and get all emotional. You know, sometimes it all piles up so much that mm -hmm. a simple hug would just let, let it flow. <laughs> she? She? Yeah. I mean, the, honestly, the pressures of being the first little child is, is enormous. But then I would always say God will never give us you know, something more than we can carry. Yeah. Yeah. I remember way back in the day that I would tell my father, oh, he would ask me, why are you such in a hurry? You know, why wouldn't you just, why are we always talking about this business or the other? Mm. You know, why don't you just trust me that mm. I have these plans and all of that? Mm. And I'm like, it's not like I don't trust you, but you know, time is running. And from my own observation, you have done great for yourself, mm. right? But I know there could be better. Yeah. And I want to do better, mm. right? Exactly. Right from a, a really young age, I've always said, I want to be a billionaire. Mm. And I know you're not a billionaire, mm. right? Yeah. So for as much as I respect you yeah. and honor you as my father, yeah. I'd rather have a billionaire mentor me <laughs> i mean in that sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so mm. you know he would always say why are you rushing to do this and do that i'm like because i want to be able to take off some of these responsibilities from your hands and yeah. you know help with the with my siblings help with mm -hmm. the family help with this and that it felt like a like a long road you know to achieving all of those things but today we are here mm. and you know thank god as heavy as it might feel, you know, we're still, we're still, still being, yeah, we're still being able to to take care of our families and take up some of the responsibilities from him. Mm. That that father and son clash, and I feel like if you can't say no mm. to your father, you can't say no to anybody. Yes, if you can't if you can't disappoint your father, you cannot disappoint absolutely any absolutely body. because I feel like they're the first crutch, they're the first barrier, and what happens conversely is that. For our fathers, there's something about when a young man, when your son disregards your wishes, mm -hmm. it makes you respect him more. Mm -hmm. You know, like, okay, this is Maybe not that, then. Not then. But yeah. eventually. Eventually, like, they'll be like, okay, this guy has an independent spirit. Yes. Just like me. You know, because they forget that mm -hmm. it's not only you that wants to be yes. one of your own. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that's, that's really the... 
the thing. But um, how about your, your your mom? What's your relationship with her like? What's what's that first son relationship like? Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So she was the exact opposite mm -hmm. of my dad. You know, um, she's the one who would say to my father, hmm, "Be easy with this child. Take mm -hmm. it easy with him." You know, mm -hmm. he's your first child, though. You don't want to chase him away, yeah. you know? So he, she's the one who would always, whom I will always um, go to. For example, in, in my primary school days, I wasn't the brightest student, mm -hmm. but I wasn't the dumbest, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I never, I, I only came first position three times in my life, mm -hmm. but I never went anything lower than 11th position mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. So, so mm -hmm. but my father is the kind of person that will come back with a report card, you know, having come eighth in the class, and he's like, look at this. The people that came first, <laughs> they have two heads. Congratulations. And, you know, fling it. I can understand he wanted me to do better, mm. but I still believe there were better ways to have done that. So my yeah. mom would be the person I would go to, you know, talk to about it. She would calm me down, set up mm. extra lessons and all of that. You know, yeah. So our relationship has always been great. She's that person I would never lie to, just like you'd never lie to your doctor mm. or your lawyer. No matter how bad the situation is, wow. no matter how much trouble I'm still about to go into, yeah. even if she's not able to stop me, at least she knows. She knows, yeah. You know? So yeah, our relationship is great, perfect. And how about your sisters? Yeah, our relation, my relationship with my sisters are um, out of 10, I'd say eight and a half, mm. especially in recent times. Because like I said, I left home at a really young age, mm. you know? University, I wasn't at home. Mm -hmm. Secondary school, I was mostly a border. So I didn't really have, you know, that time to connect with them. Yeah. But recently, you know, they finished school as well. One is a doctor, one is a nurse, practicing, and we're all together right now in Abuja, mm -hmm. right? We don't necessarily live together, but mm -hmm. we see each other often. often. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's been wonderful so far. And I'm glad that I'm able to, <clears throat> I'm able to contribute and influence their lives. Yeah. You know the best possible way. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Yeah, because the I mean our sisters. I have a sister that's fifteen years old. She looks up to me like anything, yeah. and you just know that you have to you know maintain a certain level of yeah responsibility. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I think at that at that point, you 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 start to take on responsibility yourself as opposed to it being imposed on you. Mm -hmm. You know you see the difference, yes. right? So um, yeah, with my mom, I think. It's, it's pretty much the same dynamic, you know. Your the mom offers offers the emotional support, you know. Uh -huh. She understands what you're going through. In fact, even with marriage, like my dad would, if if he could, if he could have his way, uh -huh. it would have to be a babe from the village next door. <laughs> if he had his way, you know, yeah. you get that kind of thing. And I'm sure you know what that's like now. I mean, I'm sure your dad is, you know, he has his ideas of what your you know. okay, well, not necessarily. Oh, okay, okay. So my dad has um, seven siblings, mm. plus him eight. Yeah. And his father before him wasn't that, you know, it didn't matter to him whom he got married to. Oh, okay. What mattered to him was, do you guys love each other? Okay, okay. And that's it, because he's not the one that will come and marry the married for Yeah. So uh, my father as well, even though he stopped me from the first girl I would have gotten married to, the first girl I ever engaged. Oh, yeah? Yeah. My university girlfriend. Oh, yeah? <laughs> That's a story I want to know what yeah, happened so, there. How did, why, did he, why did he stop that? I mean, I engaged her in 2011 mm -hmm. after I graduated the year before. Mm -hmm. um, but we were age mates and 
for as much as we loved ourselves, my father said something that was really crucial. He said, I'll say it in Igbo before I translate it. Mm. He said, okay. You first need to get land before you start struggling for a mat to put on the land. Okay, okay. That at the point, mm. I hadn't even figured my life out. Like I knew nothing about what way to go, forward, mm. sideways, backwards. Yeah. And I'm thinking of getting married. She whether that for your house will come to <laughs> after we don't marry, you know. And aside that, um, during the course of our relationship, I felt like it was a bit too toxic. We're just mm. scared to see each other with other people. That's what influenced the mm. engagement thing. So I'm not no regrets, by the way. Yeah. But the point is, my parents are not necessarily the, the kind of people that would want to decide who you get married to. Mm. The only thing that matters to them is that she have the fear of God. Mm. Doesn't matter if you're Hausa, Yoruba. American, doesn't matter. So in my family, we, we are the men are married to women from all over the world. Mm. You know, we have um, Edo State, we have Delta, we have Yoruba, mm. anywhere really. Ah, oh, okay, man, that's that's easy for you. It's easy, yeah. My one is not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be Anabra. It has it has to be evil. Oh, evil. It has okay. to be evil. And obviously, naturally, I'm 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 the mindset that if I see what I like, whenever I come, whatever I just find, I'm going for it. Yeah. But ideally, my dad, if you asked him, he'd be like, you know, and things, the older I'm getting, the less control he has, mm-hmm. you know. So if I'd married at, let's say, 25. He would have influenced it, certainly. Certainly. So now at this point, like, he can say what he wants to say. Whatever I bring, he will take it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he, will, he cannot throw That's me away. Choice. He cannot throw me away. And he will attend the wedding. And he will attend. And he will share it. <laughs> you know? so i think it's at that stage where um like now like he doesn't he doesn't joke with me he takes my my i even i'm even the one that advises him now you know and tells him how to do certain things so i, I think you see how it, the, the relationship evolves but you have to like put your foot down sure Certainly. to be able to get to this point where Certainly. you guys are on the same page mm. let me pick your brain on something else mm. um you know how they talk about toxic masculinity mm-hmm. you know do you think that whole ideal of putting the firstborn on some pedestal like our cultures do, do you think it adds to that? Hmm. You know, that feeling of entitlement, you know, because it's one thing to be a man, but then to be the firstborn man. Do I think it has a role to play in the whole toxic masculinity thing? Mm. Um, it depends on where you're looking from. Okay. It depends on what context, really. Yeah. The first time that word ever came to me was in an argument mm. with, a, with a girl who had a, a gay best friend, okay. right? Yeah. And I was kind of talking to her that, you know, in my secondary school days when I was a boarder, mm. you know, we had these senior students who would want to molest you and all of those and all of those that you kind of um, got me to a place where I almost hated people like that. Mm. Um, I mean, that has changed now. You know, mm. I, do, I do business with whoever you are. Mm. Some of my clothes that I wear, you know, I have these, you know, gay people who make it for me. And mm. I, do, I really don't care. Because, yeah. you know, uh, I think their minds are kind of very more expressive. Mm. So they go all the way out and designing and all of that. So for it's sure. beautiful. Yeah. So um, that's when I heard that word for the first time. And she said it was, um, I, I was toxic. Mm. You know, in that sense, because of the way I was talking about it. So that's why I say it depends on what context. Right, right. But I don't think it had anything to do with my father or me having been the first child mm. or the pressures and all of the things that comes with being the first child or, mm. 
or the responsibilities that are expected of you. Yeah. I don't think he played any role in that really. Okay, uh, let me let for me, me let me yeah let me let me frame it like this. How about in situations where you know how men can be entitled? They would expect a woman to like oh in that sense to get themselves in that sense. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because okay. I, I won't lie. I think the power is sweet. Yeah, but I think so. Yeah, actually, I think it does. Even when you don't know it, yeah. it does certainly does because they place you there. You know, remember who you are. Mm-hmm. You're the first male child. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the powers have been bestowed upon you <laughs> to take charge and do that and do that. Yeah. You know, who did you expect to do that? They're your younger sisters. They're, you know, you're, you're expected to take care of your mother. So, yeah, as the power is sweet, you expect a certain level of respect, certain level of... Um, but then again, it depends on how you carry yourself. Like who they respect and say that they respect. But yeah, certainly, I think yeah. it, it plays a role. Another thing is the death of a male child. How do you fear it? Huh. Bruh, I don't know about you, but all those trips we used to go to the village, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine how it will affect them, but I, mean, I know they like going to village, yeah. <laughs> Man, like any small thing, they, they, they're like always like, Take care of yourself. Oh. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself. Oh. Really careful. You know, because nobody wants to lose their eldest son. Yes. You get that kind of thing. Yes. And, or, because I have a younger brother. You're the only... Uh, I do. I have a younger brother as okay. well. Okay. So my, my younger brother is like maybe, so we're two guys and three girls. Mm. So if we're traveling, it'd be like, Go in separate cars. Go in separate cars, you know. My dad would be in a separate car. I'll be in a separate car. My yeah. brother would be in a separate car. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't blame them, bro. I, I don't mean, blame them. I don't blame them, but it's still funny. It's funny how, like, like just because because you're your man, you get that. Like, the girls, you sit anywhere. You feel like, pack yourself inside one yeah, car. Yeah, exactly. But with us, it's like, ah, no, you must. Yeah. So it was just funny to me. Uh, so you can carry on the, you know, the family name. <laughs> family name. Uh, family name. Yeah. Die. Something they say in Igbo. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know what that means. So no. What it means is, um, if a male child, especially if you're the only male child in your mm. father's land, um, home, mm. if you pass and your father passes, the name literally just dies off. Mm. Because the, the, the girls get married to other families and then they have a change of name. Yeah. Nobody comes back to that home anymore. Yeah. During Christmas, nobody comes... Nothing happens in that home anymore. Yeah. As far as anybody's concerned, yeah. that lineage is kind of just cut off. Yeah. That's so why. You can imagine why they, they get that conscious. Yeah. I just feel like conscious. You, can be, you can be, like, that can exist without, you know, putting the male child, like, making him feel like he is. Because, man, when you, see how, when you see how valuable you are, yeah. so if I die, all this is over. You better put some respect on my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they better do. You better feed me, you know, yeah. better give me two pieces of meat. Of course. Uh, yeah, my mom would do, you know, uh, a big bowl of salad for everybody on Sunday, mm-hmm. but my own bowl would be different. Yeah. Separate from everyone else. Yeah, so, bro. I enjoyed all of this. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I still do. I st- man, yeah. I mean, yeah, so yeah, like you said, like the, the, the pressures and the perks, they kind mm-hmm. of like, balance themselves out yeah i think um you know also for me like i benefited a lot in terms of because i'm also on the board of my dad's companies Mm -hmm. you know so in that regard if they're sharing you know money Mm -hmm. you know i'll be there you got that kind of thing dividends dividends yeah so it's in that way if i was the girl if i was a girl 
I won't be privy to that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So I get that for sure, you know, or like I was entitled to a car at the moment I graduated. Mm-hmm. You get that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there are some nice, nice perks, but man, your father will make you sweat, yes, sweat, sweat for it. So, um, so now, how do we do different as fathers? Hmm. What, what, what you're gonna do differently? So, I think I'm already, um, I have been practicing, you know, different ways of um, parenting mm-hmm. as a man. Yeah. Um, starting with my younger brother. Okay. Yeah, cause um, he's younger with by what. 10, 11 years. Okay. Yeah, he's the last boy. Yeah. yeah so he's um, so nineteen twenty now. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things um, I faced are challenges with my father. Some of the things I felt he was a bit too extreme over. Mm. I'm now getting really subtle with when it has to do with my brother. Yeah. You know, my brother now can walk into my space and wear my shirt. Yeah. You know get comfortable in using my stuff and all of that, communicate with me, mm. even from a very young age, from primary school, oh, there's a girl I'm crushing on, mm. this, that, that, that. I would always talk to him, mm. you know, guide him on what to do, but I never had that relationship with my father. Mm. And it affected me, I'm not going to lie, For because sure. you can't say that in a school, or you know, in a class where you have male kids and female kids, there wouldn't be that um, um, attraction. Yeah. It's just natural. Yeah. But you have to be able to talk to someone, an older male, so that they can guide you yeah. on how to go about these things, how to control yeah. these emotions, how to go about. So I never had those things. So I yeah. made a lot of a ton of mistakes, you yeah. know. Same. You know, but my, my brother is a different is a different animal, you know, because he had that guidance all through his life till, till now. So I believe I'm already doing different than my father did. You know, giving him the benefit of doubt. Mm. You know, he has a, a ton of leverage. You know, that he helps him be a better person and feel comfortable in his own skin. Mm. The confidence mm. to, to um, apply himself in situations and all of that. It comes from having an elder person, the same gender, who will inculcate those things in you. I swear to God. There's no other way about it. Right, I wish I had an elder brother when I was young. I'm <laughs> I, sure you wish I say that as well. I wish. Yeah. There's so many mistakes I would have avoided. Certainly. You know, and like I said, my little brother is benefiting now. Mm-hmm. And I would have worn better clothes as a young child. <laughs> yes! Yes! Yeah. I would have yeah. had the swag, man. Yeah. Yeah, the, similar, the similarities are so uncanny. And, you know, especially with my brother now, he's, um, like I said, he's a different beast. Mm-hmm. Guy is confident as hell. He yep. no get a problem. Mm-hmm. He's starting to be a pilot. Mm, you, do, you know, do you know what it means to want to be a pilot? Exactly. You have to have some kind of inner, yep. Yep. you know, something. So, I mean, he's just enjoying... Um, mm his life and, but I think that is, that's what it means, like being better fathers and like, like not having a one size fits all approach uh-huh. to you know, yes. all the kids, you know, um, like paying attention to, to where their strengths mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that. Paying. Observe. Mm-hmm. What is this child really interested in? Yeah. Do you know, I was looking around here, I was such a good artist as a child. Oh yeah? Yeah. I still have my, my works in our, in our staff room in secondary school, at yeah. least three of them. Yeah. I went for this Milo competition uh, for painting, yeah. but now I can't paint for shit. <laughs> I can't. They beat it out of you. Bruh. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, you know. So I, I've lost all of those, some of those things, but it's nice to pay close attention to those things. And then I was such a good athlete. You know, I was in my schools, um, 100 meters, um, team, relay team, 
um, all of those things. Like, we'd go for competitions, basketball, Milo competition. I was really active. Yeah. But it was always a problem, you know, leaving home on Saturdays and Sundays to go practice, come back, it's problems and all of that. So when I got into university, this man made me hold my ear. Huh? Mm -hmm. And I swore to focus on my studies and all of that sure. and all of that. So sure. that all those things kind of took me away from those things I loved, the sports, the Bruh. athleticism and all of those. And I don't have them now anymore. <laughs> you know? It pains, it pains, yeah. right? But it's fine. A little bit, just like, shit, yeah. I could have done that. I know. You know? <laughs> yeah. Similarities again. I used to draw comics when I was younger. Oh, see. Draw comics, had my own superheroes, everything. Mm -hmm. I used to write stories, had books, you know, and then I was an athlete as well. Fantastic. Just like my mom. And then my dad also made me hold my ear. Okay. Told me that that your owner, if you mess up your life, you know, he made it so high stakes. Like see the people you are competing, you're going to compete against. Do you get Look at your cousins? Do you get he For made being it professional like courses. the end of the world? Mm. If I didn't come out with a festival or something yeah. and I like bought you're, it. You're finished. <laughs> I bought it. I carried that fear and entered school. Mm -hmm. But then towards towards like Towards like maybe my, my second semester of my first year, mm -hmm. I could not hold myself again. That's I could not have to go into my creative stuff. I loved I loved I went into music, I went into like Photoshop and photography, graphic design. I really explored all the different ways that mm. my body wanted to. Obviously, my academics suffered, mm. you know. But I came out, you know, did my masters, finished that. I did everything I was supposed to do. You get that kind of thing. Mm. So, um, it's. Bruh, we've tried to. Yeah, certainly. And I feel like all of that has added to, you know, our mentality. Like, you know, I think there's a reason why you call yourself Roa King. Uh -huh. And the reason why I call myself like a young girl. Like, we feel uh -huh. like we've we've kind of overcome certain personal, yeah. you know, demons in terms of like, one, fixing the relationship with our fathers. Uh -huh. You know, not letting it extend into something, uh -huh. you know. You know how it is in some families now. Yeah. Some fathers and sons don't see eye to eye. True. You know, um trying to be better for our, the, the women in our lives in terms of our sisters, you know. Yeah. Um, seeing the good in our fathers, re, despite the ways they fuck yeah, with us. Certainly. I think if you can do that, if you can see the good in the person, despite, you know, all the trauma, like, mm -hmm. it, it makes you a better human being, for sure. It takes a certain level of confidence to be able to call yourself a god. Bruh. Or to be able to call yourself a king. Bruh. I mean, we're not the wealthiest. Mm -hmm. We are here from, um, you know, these little kids from uh, little villages yeah. now playing in the big league in the cities. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine the kind of confidence it would take for you to to be able to project into the future and call yourself a king or a god. Bruh. You know, so it's... it's, it's vision. Yes. It's, it, it wasn't just said to us. It wasn't preached to us. Yeah. It was... It's, um, it, 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 it has all come about as a result of our progress, yeah. all that we've experienced, yeah. you know, all the, the rough edges, the huddles, having come out of all of those things. And you can almost see a clear picture yeah. of what your future would be. Not just wealth-wise, yeah. but how you can actually make an impact in the nation and yeah. people around you. Yes. How you can be an authority. How you can be a well-rounded man. De Well-deserving or... You know, yeah, and 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 that's that's really cool. I think even the biggest part is having that those father figures, mm -hmm. like seeing an example of how a man handles things. Yes, you know how he 
takes on his responsibilities mm-hmm. and everything. Like you, you're able to separate the good and the bad. The bad. Like I like all these things. My dad, I don't like these things. Mm-hmm. I will take the ones I like. I'll Yeah, I mean, yeah. We've tried to. I think we can pat ourselves on the backs, even yes. if it's just small, because I, I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I give myself huge credits, not some huge credits. Huge, mm. you know. And I think, man, that is that is what's up. So, what would you say is the one thing your dad ever repeated to you? The, uh-huh. He always kept knocking to your head. Hmm. Always. The moment he asked it, he just came back again. Mm. You know, he would always tell me, "Focus on your studies." Two years or three years or five years is not a long time. Mm. Focus on this, mm. you know, do a professional course, mm. come out with a first class or whatever, mm. so your life is set up and all of those. Mm. So it was it was huge pressure mm. growing up. It always kept repeating in my head. Mm. Uh, I think it was just God, you know, that gave me the, the strength in my mind to be able to have reason above that, that it didn't affect me. Because you can imagine always being told, Oh, these are the people you're competing against. Yeah. These are why you're not doing this. Why are you doing that? You're expected to do this and all that. Yeah. And that's not who I am. I've never been someone to go work in a in a organization nine to five and mm. all of that. It's work. I would rather die, you know, Bro. to stifle my creativity. Bro. And my hunger to venture. Right? And yeah. my hunger to just, you know, delve into things I know nothing about, mm-hmm. make the mistakes and learn from them. Yeah. You know, and prepare me for, for tomorrow. So those are the things he kept saying to me and I mean it doesn't matter these days anymore yeah. I, mean, I think with me what my dad used to say to me from a very young age was he said to me, I'm, I'm, my even name is Sumto mm-hmm. he called me Sumto so he, she said to me Sumto organize yourself Sumto organize yourself how many times have I told you organize yourself and that thing sticks to me anytime I feel like I'm sleeping mm. on yourself yeah <laughs> organize yourself like, what are you not... Do you get that kind of thing? So that stuck with me. I think, um, in fact, I used to think he was always talking trash every time he said that when I was a kid. But by the time I started doing things on my own, mm-hmm. man... You knew what he saw. Yeah. The, 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 um, the fears he had at the time. For like me. He was like, kept saying it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Now that you said this, yeah. I can understand why my father was saying that. Even though, you, you know, you, it was his own way, how he saw it. Yeah. I had never really been... That's like focus, focus kind of child. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it was I was all over the place, yeah. you know, doing this, doing that. Today I'm talking about this, next day I'm talking about that. Yeah. Somebody's like, yo, can you just focus? focus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And then the last thing, I feel like it's us who make our, our fathers better. You know why? Mm. I feel like Fathers, especially men, they feel like they can control everything, mm-hmm. you know. And when you get to a certain level, you feel like like you've been successful controlling so many things. Mm-hmm. You get to a stage, you feel like you know nothing is out of your control. Like if you, yeah. if you decide something like this, and then your son way. now comes and decides he's going to put a spanner. Your in son that hasn't seen anything, hasn't seen anything, decides that he's not going to do what you want him to do. You know, I think it kind of humbles them mm-hmm. over time because they now realize that man, there's not everything you can control. Yeah, you know, no matter how much you try. And then you can see now with my siblings, he kind of like lessened the grip because now all my siblings are doing all what they wanted to what do. What they want to do. Certainly. You know, if, if I had cowered down and done what I was asked it to would do, affect the pack. they would have all followed suit. You know? So I feel like um, in that regard, we kind of humbled them, let them know that everything is not that serious. Yes. You know? There are many ways to get to the promised land. Yes. And, but yeah, 
Jay, I mean, it makes sense, right? Of course it does. I mean, this when I left his, his office, when I stopped working for him, mm. we had such a, you know, we, we didn't have the best relationships after I left because mm. he didn't want me to leave. I left uh, in rebellion. Mm. And over time, he oh. has come around to just respect that decision that I took many years ago mm. because he's now seeing, mm. you know, the all that is manifesting yeah. from having taken that walk, you know. Yeah. I don't, I've never believed I'm a small town boy. Mm. You know, he's in the East and he's doing a lot yeah. for himself. Like, yeah. my father has been an architect for what, 35, 36, 37 years, mm. you know, and he's done a whole lot of things. He's achieved a lot for himself. Yeah. But I just never really believed I'm a small town boy. Yeah. So I would never have, if he had said, okay, I'm going to set up a, a branch here in Abuja or in Lagos, so I go there and manage it. Mm, yeah. Uh-huh. No, you know? we're talking. Uh, but don't keep me there. <laughs> and I expect you to just stay there, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So now we have mutual respect for each other. Mm. A lot of it. You know, he calls me and talks to me about deep things, you know, um, from the kindred and all of that. Yeah. And all, even when I haven't asked for it, yeah. you know, asking for my opinion on, on major issues, yeah. you know, major issues that can change the course of you know, the company's um, structure or direction and all of that. Mm-hmm. And it was never like that. So I believe I have grown to a point where I have earned his respect mm-hmm. and his confidence. So, yeah. And that's, that's really what being a man is about. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I think something else I would really be interested in doing whenever you feel like is yeah. um, talking business. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with Corpus BDS, we have um, an academy coming up very yeah. soon for young business owners. Because mm. I did this interview with um, NTA, Business Express, where they asked me a very vital question. So do I believe um, we should come first? Um, funding or knowledge? Yeah. Right? Because there's this... Thing going around that oh, um, African and small small African brands don't have enough funding, yeah. and I'm like that might be true, but not necessarily the entire truth because even if I have the money as yeah. a venture capitalist to fund, yeah. I'd like to know that my money isn't going to waste. Yeah, I like to know that you know what you're doing, not just about the passion. I don't ride on passion. Yeah, I don't care how passionate you are about something. Yeah. not that it doesn't matter. Yeah, but if you don't have the right kind of mindset and the required knowledge. To pursue the passion, the right way. The right way, yeah. Even all the money in the world will matter. All the money in the world will not matter. Yeah. So we're setting up this um, academy. We're going to have it on the learning management platform. Mm. But that's not the point. We can just have conversations about entrepreneurship in general. Yeah. You're an entrepreneur as well. Of course, yeah. There are lots of young people out there who would want to hear your mm. journey, how it's been so far. Yeah. Why did you make certain decisions? Mm. Did you regret them? What did it turn out to be? Yeah. Self-improvement, what have you been doing to improve yourself, yeah. right, as an entrepreneur, to, to set up yourself for the opportunities when they come. Mm-hmm. Because preparedness, when it means opportunity, that's when the magic happens. That's it, uh... So I, I really would like for us to have a conversation around this sometime. On the podcast or on your own? On the podcast. Okay, then yes. Yeah. Please, that is, in fact, I've been looking for an, for an excuse to talk about money and business. Yeah. You know, it's all about finding the right, the right person to do it with, and I think... And nobody knows business and money. Yeah. Like we you can do. talk forex. We can talk cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Just base level. 
yeah. kind of knowledge, you know, just space level for people to just have that information Peak out interest. there. Yeah, that is true. You know, you have know like a mindset re realignment, so I might say. Guys, you've heard it here. The next time Roy comes in this podcast, this isn't for, he might be here on twice. We're going to talk about business, money, Forex, everything, entrepreneurship, and just figure out, you know, what we're doing well, what we're doing wrong, and how we can be better by it, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Please, where, where can we find you on Instagram or Twitter or wherever? Um, raw underscore off underscore coppers. Raw of coppers. Raw of coppers. Yes. Roy underscore off underscore coppers. Yes. Guys, you heard Everywhere. On Twitter, on yeah, Twitter LinkedIn. Well. Yeah. Okay. I'm not very active just for the sake of having it. Okay. Yeah. So you never know when you <laughs> need it. Yeah. That's it. My man. And ladies and gentlemen, this is The Young God. If you made it to the end of this episode, you're a real one. Thanks again for tuning in. If you enjoyed this, there's a whole lot more where that came from. Just scroll down. You'll see all the range of topics, guests, stories, whatever. I've, I've put in some work for you guys. So um, there's something for everyone. I release episodes every Saturday at midnight. And depending on my mood, I might release two or three you know, I can be generous like that. So don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you feel so inspired. Tell a friend to tell a friend and follow the podcast on Instagram at The Young God Pod and Twitter at I Am The Young God for exclusive content. And just, yo, we're in this, man. Thanks again. Rodney Mokache, out. <laughs>